1: Eight minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning in. And this is the forum at eight. So our discussion stems from um, some statistics that were revealed last week by the statistician general. Almost a third of the population is now relying on social grants. Now, general household survey that was released last week by Stats SA revealed that almost a third of the population relies on social grants. The survey noted that a steady increase from 12.7 percent of the population in 2003 to 30.1% in 2015. The percentage of learners who reported that they were exempt from paying tuition fees climbed by more than 60% and the number continues to grow. And we've also heard that uh, credit ratings agencies have raised red flags uh, warning that the country's high number of social grant recipients is not sustainable. So on the Forum at 8 this morning we ask, what needs to be done uh, to ensure that our people become less dependent on social grants, but are still able to function in this economy? What needs to be done to get the millions of people who are currently dependent on those social grants off them? So uh, let us know what your views are. 34701, that's the SMS line number. You can also tweet or Facebook us at AMLive on SAFM. Please use the hashtag AMLive and uh, you can um, send us. Your emails to sakina, S-A-K-I-N-A, at safm.co.za. And our guest this morning, Grethel Mutao, who's Development Economist and a CA. Thanks for coming through, Grethel. Thank you for inviting me again. We also have Brenton van Deputy uh, DG at Social Security in the Department of Social Development. Thanks for coming through.
2: Good morning, Kasina, and thanks for having me.
1: And uh, Tandiwe Zulu joins us on the line. She's uh, regional manager, Black Sash Gauteng. Thanks for your time as well, Tandiwe. Thank
3: you, and good morning to the to, to listeners.
1: So just looking at the facts um, about 30% of the population are dependent on social grants. Uh, that's about 16.3 million recipients that we are talking about. And then um, education, only 33.2% of children aged five years and older have attended an, an educational institution but then we also look at the stats that speak to the number of children who now find themselves exempt from paying uh, tuition fees at schools. And then 88% about five years have attended some form of educational institution um, on it, uh, 4.4% have attended a tertiary and if we look at government spending overall we're talking about billions of rands on education in order to eventually relieve itself from the current burden of social grant payouts or at least that's what we've been told, we've touted this as perhaps one of the silver bullets that you know will lead us uh, to the promised land but the dropout rate at secondary school is still a And the survey also found that only 4.4% of students made it to tertiary institutions after all. Um, And uh, these are some of the stats that we are contending with this morning. But let me start by just gauging your response, your reaction to these statistics, Grethel.
4: Mm. Um, I mean, it's a a, um, social uh, grant, you know, in people's mind uh, creates a sort of a concern um, with regard to sustainability. But there are positive things around uh, uh, the social grants in a sense that it has uh, um, it has assisted in 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 getting um, in in terms of poverty alleviation and you can see the numbers are telling us that. But the problem is that is this number sustainable? Um, you know, the, the the sort of the level the current levels that we are spending are they sustainable in relation to the economy? And the and the answer for me is that you know, that is, it's, it's it's not sustainable from what we are seeing. There's a study that was done by the um, by the National Treasury where they indicated that with the current spend of social grants, um, it, we can sustain it if the economy grows, and if the, co- the economy grows by about 3%, and we know that per annum, and we know that the economy is not growing at that level, we know this year we're going to grow at 0.6%. Now the issue is, how do we then go from where we are now to make sure that... Um, you know, the the, the, the the economy grows sufficiently to make sure that, you know, we don't only rely on social grants because there is, there will, you know, there will be a number of people that will still rely on on the social grants over a period of time. But how do we actually take people out of the social grants over a period of time?
1: Mm. And it's not just the social grant. I mean, if you look at the entire social wage component, government is really spending a lot of money here, Brenton.
2: Yes, Sakina. Just just on the issue of sustainability, I, I I, don't think at this stage we are at any risk of the social grants becoming unsustainable. Um, most people look at the numbers in isolation of GDP. But if one looks at social grants as a percentage of GDP, you'll actually see that social grants are declining at the percentage of GDP. Mm. So if you, for example, take the stats SN numbers that they put out, if you look way back at from 2003, yes, the numbers have grown and those were deliberate, deliberate policy changes. We've expanded, for example, we brought the qualifying age for men from 65 down mm-hmm. to 60. That obviously means a lot more people come into the, to the fold. We've, uh, in 2003, we only paid the child support grant up to the age of 7. We've eventually expanded that all the way up to the ages of 18. And if one looks at that period, 2003 to 2008, 2009, those were good years economically. And we could do that, and that's where all the growth happened. If you look at those numbers from 2010 to 2000 and t- to date, those numbers are flat. There's been hardly any growth on the social grant numbers. What I would call significant growth on the social grant numbers over the last three or four years. Um, and as I mentioned earlier on, if you use a GDP as a deflator on the social grant numbers, those numbers are actually mm. coming down. If you also consider that we only increase social grant in rand values by inflation every year, so as long as real economic growth, real GDP, we have real GDP growth, whether it's 1% or 2%, um, there is no real risk of sustainability. The only risk of sustainability comes in when we go into recession. Um, and normally, even if we went into recession, it would have to be a prolonged recession, there have to be years of recession. To make it, uh, you know, if it's a one or two month recession or even a year recession, it wouldn't necessarily put mm-hmm. us at major risk. Mm-hmm. Um,
4: yeah. C- can, can, I, can I add to that? I mean, I, uh, when I say a sustainability, I'm not looking about sustainability short term. I'm looking at sustainability on, an, on a longer term. And if you look at the growth trajectory at the moment, uh it's not it's not looking good when you look at zero point six seven percent this year you know we don't know what what it's gonna look like next year so some will tell you we're probably gonna go into research in this year or maybe we'll go in you know in in the in the coming years we are going to um to uh, is going to grow, but even those numbers, the risk of those uh, growth levels not being achieved, um, you know, it's very significant. So I think, you know, we, we, in, as, in as much as we are seeing the flat growth in terms of the, um, the grant payouts, but going forward, when you look at the economy, uh, there is a significant risk. That cannot be discounted.
1: Let me bring in uh, Tandiwe Zulu from uh, Black Sash. What's your take on all of this?
3: Um, my take would be one that comes... Uh, unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm not an economist and I, I, I cannot authoritatively speak to that, but I can speak from a constitutional point of view with regards to that being the base. And uh, that being the base from the Section 27 of our Constitution with regards to who needs to be provided. Uh, yes, I hear the debate about the, 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 the issue on, on economic growth, and uh, the information I'm sitting with talks to the International Monetary Fund forecast in terms of the South African economic growth. I don't know. I've got a different number which, to- which tells me that in 2015, uh, uh, 2.1 percent was was the the, the level of, of growth, and uh, the focus being that in 2016 we could be growing at 2.5. But I'm saying this with a with a cautious mind that I'm not very much of, of an expecting that case. However, Brenton has actually raised an, an, an important point here with regards to the, the the issue of of, of of the concern that sits with the sustainability, and I think I am fully in agreement with him in terms of the the, the that flat that flat uh, uh, element. However, it also has its own impact. But what one needs to be looking at is, in terms of the grant system, what positive effect does it have, and what are the factors that leads to people falling into the social assistance system and also the the element of who are the great beneficiaries of that in insofar as I'm, I'm, I'm concerned and the statistics informs that when you look at the grid in terms of who benefits mostly you'll find that it's 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 gra- it's children that fall within the three categories of, of grants for children and then uh, however the first and the most a number of, of it, it's mostly on the child support grant which is at 11.9 and that actually tells you that uh, the country is is actually looking at the interest of our future because here we see <coughs> children being the beneficiaries through their caregivers of course and in 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 relation to that the positive impact thereof us that we've seen an improvement in terms of attending school of, of those children. We, yes, we've spoken to uh, ex, ex, um, the exemption from paying school fees. That actually says more ki- children are coming into the system in terms of education, basic education. So that should be looked at from a very positive point of view because there is some element of investment into the, the children that would become the future of this country. And also, in terms of healthcare, there is also high improvement in that in that in that regard uh, this i 'm drawing from the studies that were conducted by i think the University of, of UCT, and um, the University of Cape Town and the University of Stellenbosch. so the, the whilst we 're talking figures whilst we're talking uh, um uh, the economy and all that, we, I think we should also not divorce ourselves from the constitutional uh, 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 commitment that the country has and, and and fulfilling that mandate by the government. And we've seen that happening by expansion in terms of the child, children's uh, child support grant. And we've seen in terms of the equalization of age for, the, the, for those grants, that they, like the older people's grant in mm-hmm. terms of the equalization of age.
1: So that's a very important point. um, Looking at the the positive effect of uh, the grant system, because what is the alternative in an economy where there are no jobs? In an economy that is struggling, you know, to get on its feet, so people have to live in the meantime. And what is the alternative if they're not getting grants? Grethel, Mm. no, I mean I I I, I totally agree with the. I didn't
4: get her name um, Tandiwe. Tandiwe. I, I totally agree with Tandiwe with regard to the impact that the grants, uh, the grants are having on the on the well being um, of, of, of uh, the, the, the recipients. And in actual fact, it says that the grant ninety six percent of the grant recipients are women, and we know that women, when um, they are given access to uh, resources, the entire family and yes, the entire uh, community um, uh, uh, com- community develops. I think you know two points that I would like to make. I think, the, I mean, the one we've already spoken about the issue of sustainability, and the second issue is that, yes, I agree that at, in the meantime people have to leave, but and how do people how do people leave? But I think we need to, in essence, we look at it short term, and I agree that people should receive a, a, a grant as a as a um, short term alleviation measure. But going forward it 's important that people are empowered to be able to participate meaningfully in the economy, because at the end of the day, yes, poverty might be alleviated, but we 're not dealing with the bigger social issues we 're not dealing with unemployment, we are not dealing with inequality, and that is why I go back again um you know to the to you know to the fact that in as, much as we, we have these measures, everything hinges around us growing our economy at the end of the day.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and going back to that um, uh, axis of uh, triple evil, as it were, the poverty, inequality and unemployment. If this trajectory is the one that we keep going on, Brenton, then it, it, it doesn't bode well for us. Gauteng and the Western Cape were the only provinces where salaries Salaries and not social grants constituted the main household income at more than seventy percent. Surely, that's a cause for concern. Because how then do we tackle poverty? How do we tackle inequality in a society that has almost um, outstripped the rest of the world in that regard?
2: Okay, so I think you raise a very important issue on on you, in, in the point that you made earlier on that if we if we not in an economy that's not creating jobs, but I would like to add to that, economy that's not creating decent waged employment, um, and bringing back to the social grants. The social grants aren't only paid to unemployed people or caregivers of unemployed people. They're paid, for example, if one takes the child support grant, it's for anyone earning below three and a half thousand rands per month can can apply for a child support child support grant, which means a pretty quite a large portion of the working Uh, of the labor forces can actually access social grants. So social grants is more than just poverty alleviation. It also creates some kind of redistribution from the wealthy to the poor. Um, And that is probably not only an effective tool to deal with. If an economy is not creating well-paid jobs, then one needs to look at secondary redistribution mechanisms. So If you look at the developed world, you will see that most of them have high. Even Sweden, for example, has levels of poverty and inequality that are relatively high, shockingly high. If you just took out their transfer systems, but when you look at the amount of money they redistribute in within their population, um, they bring those levels of poverty and, and inequality down to significant, to, 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 to almost insignificant levels. And so, the social grants are more than just a way of dealing with with. Helping people to survive, but it's an important mm-hmm. redistribution mechanism, a secondary redistribution mechanism within society um, that allows people who are not only just unemployed, but also those that are employed in low paying jobs to be able to get uh, to increase their incomes. Uh, it also brings stability to those households. So, so as you mentioned a lot, are dependent on the social grounds doesn 't mean they haven 't got other sources of income, it just means that the other sources mm-hmm. of income aren't necessarily that stable, and at least the social transfers to them become stable and then the last point I 'd like to make that that is a completely natural function within society. Um, if you look at any society it's only a group of people, say between fifteen eighteen they' around to about sixty that actually work. And that those that group of people is responsible for the production within your society and they naturally produce more than what they can consume so that they can share their consumption with those that don't produce, which is generally your children and your elderly. Those are the ones we pay social grants to. Now, that redistribution to the elderly and to children can happen in one of two ways. Mm. It can either be in a formal manner through social transfers or it can be informally. So, for example, informally would mean my transfers to my children. My excesses, I transfer to my children so they can live, and I can do the same to my parents so that they can live. Or it can be formally done and structured where government gets involved, they tax people, and then they transfer mm. those that groups of, to those groups that are not involved in, in, in production.
1: So you don't hear much consternation around old age uh, grants. You know, people expect the government to do that, no problem. But when it comes to child grants... There always is, you know, quite a bit of debate around that as to what government is doing and what they ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. And um, just looking at my uh, feed here, already people are talking about why is it that government would give a grant to every single child? Why not just to the first child? Um, Why not limit grant uh, to one child per parent so that people can stop making babies? And uh, so it goes. Uh, This one says, can uh, the um, grant be administered Same as um, from mothers who are under 25, they should be in school and they should be proof that they are in school. And so essentially what people are saying is that it cannot be that the system would just, you know, do when someone comes and they said, I've had a child, the system just then kicks in and pays them out. People are asking perhaps for more safeguards, you know, um, uh, more conditions to be put in place in order for people to be able to access grants
2: Okay so talking about i mean if you have two children you need to look after two children <laughs> if you have three children you need to look after three children having babies is not a problem in fact most of the world is going into the stage where not having babies is a problem um, if you look at the evolution of most societies, South Africa, we're still fortunate. We're still a young society, and we're not having the old age crisis where you have too many old people, too little young people to work and look after the old people, and that becomes a societal problem. I mean, even China is now reversing all their policies of the of the mm. past, realizing that was a big mistake. Um, their boom and the the economic boom really was as a result of them having a huge population that can work and produce. So so that that isn't... I mean, obviously it is a concern when you can't take care of everyone within your society, but we, we don't necessarily want to have a government policy that begins to force the ageing of your population because the ageing of your population is the modern-day concerns, and that is what generally leads to low economic growth um, going forward in the future. Um, we do have conditions on our grants. Uh, it's just the problem with conditions that are extremely difficult to implement, uh, and if you try to implement them stringently, they end up costing you more than actually paying the grant, and so you're kind of just wasting money <coughs> um, trying to enforce conditions on which most people, ninety-nine percent, I would say, most you know, caregivers, mothers, tend to want the best for their children. They don't need government to stand on their shoulder. Telling them they must do the best thing for their child—it's just a natural instinct within everyone to care for and look after their children. There will be a few cases, um, which is generally due to some form of social ills, and we generally then, obviously, you have your welfare, your social work services, etc., to go in and assist those families. But those are on the margins; they're not the not. It's not everyone in society is plagued with a social ill.
1: And um, that was uh, Brenton Van Freyde, uh deputy DG Social Security in the Department of Social Development. We also have with us Tandiwe Zulu from Black Sash, as well as uh, Grethel Mutau, who's a developmental economist and a chartered accountant in studio.
0: AM live on S A F M.
1: Well, welcome back to AM Live. And this morning, um, we are taking a look at uh, the Stats SA General Household Survey that was released last week. And it spoke about a third of the population now uh, being reliant on social grants and just unpacking that. And given the economy and the current state of the economy, it's inevitable that uh, the social grant system would play a major role in making sure that the economy at least continues to, um, you know, uh, crawl along as it is at the the moment someone has to pay for people to live and government in this instance is who is doing it and it's not just about the grants as we stated earlier it's about the broader social wage it's about education it's about health it's about housing it's about all those other amenities that come into the fray and somebody needs to pay for that in order to make sure that we do not find ourselves in a situation where we are completely overrun by poverty In this country. So, our guests this morning, uh, we have Grethel Mutau, development economist and uh, chartered accountant. We also have Tandiwe Zulu, who's regional manager of Black Sash and Gauteng, and Brenton Van Frieda, deputy director general uh, of social security in the Department of Social Development. Let me start with Tandiwe. Tandiwe, um, uh, just before the break, we didn't give you an opportunity to weigh in there on the discussion.
3: Yeah. My my take. um I think this would go to the secondary distribution, the, the redistribution, and 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 then saying yes, that that would be the way to go. And maybe the direct response to what should be done is is really a it needs to be focused on how much jobs are we creating because. It's not like people enjoy to be in the social social assistance. The experience that we we've had with young women from <coughs> from from the, uh, one of the areas in Johannesburg, in Deep Street, who participated in the social security seminar that we we co-hosted last year, uh, um, indicated to the fact that it, for for them it, it's not like they would like. I mean, I'm talking about like your 23 year, 24 year old women here. Who are beneficiaries of like of of of, of child support grants for their children, saying, "Look, the the, the the thing for them is they would love to get a job." that would give them the identity that would give them the dignity that would give them the ability to maintain and to be able to support their families as in their older people in the family and those that are unemployed so the, the myth that goes around that people make babies because they want to have, uh, they want to access the social, the social assistance is actually has proven to be a myth however, what we also need to be to be looking at in the of redistribution is also the the ripping off that happens in those that are beneficiaries of grants by companies that are profit, profiting uh, out of out of out of the poor where in the last few years we've seen a, an escalation in the number of deductions unlawful deductions that are happening in the very same uh, uh, social social grants that uh, the, the very meager social grants that people are getting and the more
1: Let me come back to a very interesting question, um, um, or or, um, uh, that was posed earlier about the beneficiaries. So, who are the actual beneficiaries of the social grant system? Who benefits most from this?
3: A direct response to that is is children. It's just that, like for instance, the child support grant that is paid to the caregiver, (coughs) and the caregiver is is the mother. However, the, (coughs) the, the the the, the amount that is given is meant for the needs of the child, and in terms of the, the I'm, I'm going to be talking to those that we have like in higher numbers, and uh, uh, the older people's uh, 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 grant, grant for older people, they're the beneficiaries are the older people, whom we've actually seen that they are they they they, they 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 the grant that they are getting helps them to be able to move. They are, they are household and, and they are, they are dependents Uh, who, who in actual fact are not even supposed to be dependent out of the poorest quantile because of the grant that is coming into that household for that older person, who is then able to maintain everybody else in that family.
1: Now, uh, sticking to that point that you make about dignity, which is a very big one, um, Azuelin Zimavavi says most of the poor would prefer real empowerment through education, decent jobs and social wage so that they can build their own houses, etc. Wouldn't that be the way to go, Brenton?
2: Definitely, that would be the way to go. And, and, and I think government would fully support that. And it, to tie onto that line, it's not just about creating jobs. It's about creating decent jobs, jobs that pay the kind of salaries that people can um, you know, be able to build their own house and and have a decent life. But we, we're just not seeing that in our current economy at the moment. Most of the jobs that are create, being created are low-paying jobs. Um, and if one just looks at our income distribution, most so, for example, even if we had growth, if one looks at the period, for example, between two thousand and between nineteen ninety five and two thousand and five, was a period of good growth for our, for our country. But if you look at what happened during that period, the the top ten percent's incomes grew at about ten percent per annum, and the bottom forty percent of the population actually had negative income growth. So just the way our economy is structured. We we're not set up for pro-poor growth. We, we growth favours the wealthy in this country, um, and and that's why we need these redistribution programs to, to to make sure that if we do have growth, that a fair portion of that growth gets redistributed to the poor. And I want to actually put a, something for our developmental economist, Rachel, to think about. If one looks at the 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 stats essay, not the stats essay, the FFc. I think last year they put out a report that said social grants contribute about 1% to GDP over and above what you would have had if we mm. didn't have the social grants. And if you just think about it, if when you redistribute money from wealthy people to poorer people, what do poorer people consume? Basic goods and services, food, clothing, stuff stuff that we can manufacture locally with our current skill set. right? So if you redistribute a large portion of your money to poorer people, you actually <coughs> boost your economy. Because people on the ground are going to consume things which you can produce within your economy with the skill sets that you have, consider, no, noting that we have a lower skill set. If, you just, if wealthy people, you don't redistribute, you just let the money stay with the wealthy people. What are they going to consume? You give an extra 10,000 rand to a wealthy person, they probably buy another iPhone, which we have to import. So the money just leaves the country. So redistribution is actually very good for economic growth. Mm.
4: Can, I, can, I, can I comment on that? I think what what perhaps uh, um, you know, Brenton is, is, is missing from um, uh, what I said earlier. I don't have a problem with uh, I don't have a problem with grants, social grants per se. But what I'm saying is, it has to be a short term measure. So um, in other words, and I, I'm I'm going to mention this uh, um, Bolsa Família. In, in, in Brazil where it's they've managed to take a lot of people out of um, out of po- out of poverty using um, this system and also inequality increased significantly by about fifteen percent and how they managed to do that was to have a, um, was to have conditions around the grant, linking that with education and, and and with health Now in South Africa, what I think could work, and this is something that would need to be researched, is how, you know, looking at linking the social um, grant with, um, with skills, um, you know, to make sure that over a period of time, um, you know, when, while a person is receiving the grant that, you know, that is linked to, um, to a specific skill to allow that person to be able to be employable, um, at some point in time. But, I mean, we know uh, uh, the other challenge that we're facing is that even if people have the skills, and we're seeing uh, uh, with that uh, uh, a number of unemployed graduates that we have, is that, um, you know, having a skill doesn't necessarily guarantee that one will get employment. Mm. And that, that is why things such as uh, uh, entrepreneurship, it's very important. It's, it's, it's very important that we start cultivating that at a at, at high school level. Um, you know, say from grade Mm. 10, you know, to make sure that people then begin to realize that they don't have to to go out seeking
1: employment. They can actually create something for themselves. Mm. But essentially, the point you're making is that it should be earned in some way yes it shouldn't just be given handed out um willy-nilly Malkakula on twitter by the way agrees with you he says sakina grant should be given to senior citizens disabled and orphans government should uh, group young people per region and open factories so that they can <coughs> work do something deliver something but let's hear from callers on the line 0891 thanks for your patience timothy in clarkstorp good morning good morning uh if we look at the grants, man, I, I believe that if we
5: can keep the grants, maybe if we can say three years from now, we are keeping the children's grants, but we are introducing something else. We are introducing a different form of a grant or a social assistance program that will assist the parents of the children. For example, I'm a young person, and I'm, I'm sitting here in the location. I'm just looking around. Um, viewing the people working for EPWP and, and whatever. I believe the government has tried, but it's not enough. You know? uh, EPWP it, it, it can go, only go as far as helping a person, but uh, it, it's, not, it's not challenging. We need a government to, to, to challenge us. We need government to come up with new ideas to challenge us. And I believe that um, with the intelligentsia that is coming into the government at the moment, there will be those ideas that will help us. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much. Timothy and Malusi um, Tetua says, in fact, jobs are not the only solution. Minds must be independent from both employer and government. So asking for a little more uh, to be done in that space. Basika in Mtata, good morning.
5: Uh, social clients, by their very nature, they've never, been, they've never been meant to be an end in itself, but a means to an end whereby you identify a a, a young graduate to say, here is a coupon which will enable you to photocopy, to produce an ID, and in the meantime, you could be acquiring a skill which can bring you on the job market. However, what we have here, we have a situation where hard-earned taxpayers' money are being used to buy votes so that people should, uh, should forever be emboldened to the ruling party and uh, there will be blackmail come election time to say we are giving you social grants and what is you. Now, lastly, Sakina, this leads to unintended consequences whereby a young person, purely because he or she cannot acquire employment, and she finds the easiest way out to say, if I, let's say for argument's sake, if I get pregnant, if she happens to be a female, then my child will be entitled to your land. And uh, we really need a way out of this because it is killing the nation. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Pasika and Tata, staying in the Eastern Cape, Mzugisi, you're in Bisho, Good morning.
0: Sakina, good morning. Uh, I'm Zugi Solani here from the Department of Social Development here in the Eastern Cape.
1: Oh, nice Uh, to hear the voice finally. (laughs)
0: uh, Sakina, I I want to concur with uh, Brenton there from our national department. But another dimension that I want to, to, to add into this discussion uh, about social grants. You know, uh, last week we were in a small town here in the Eastern Cape. It's, uh, it's a town that, uh, those towns that we usually call railway towns. But when the railways shut down, the whole economy of the town went down. Um, but the, the, what was interesting about the this town, it's a town where the economy is no longer functioning. But what was important is the work that is done by the Department of Social Development. Uh, in addition to social grants that people depend on. But young people in this town um, um, have, been, have been engaged in many developmental projects, projects that have been uh, you know, a, a, a lifeline and, and a, a sustainability giver to this town. But what is important, what I want to add, if we are saying as a country that social grants need to be uh, re-looked at, I want to bring in the issue of businesses. You know, businesses like uh, retail stores, these young people are are using agriculture as an alternative of of not depending on social grants, where they are producing, you know, agricultural products. But what is lacking is retail stores that are willing to acquire their produce. Uh, But another thing that I want to add is uh, the issue of social grants that are not used for what it is, I mean, they are intended for. For instance, at 5 past 10 this morning, our MC is going to be talking about a problem, another problem of foster care grants that are not used for their uh, original intention, that are abused. Because, you know, these grants, their main aim is to assist in human development for, for, for kids that are fostered. But you find instances where uh, foster parents are using these grants for other things that are not necessarily for the human development of the kids that are under their care. So as long as, you know, as, as, a, as a people, uh, we, we do not follow strictly the prescripts of what social grants are for, we are going to uh, remain in this revolving uh, situation where you find that people for eternity are depending on social grants.
1: Okay, thank you so much, Mzugisi. Um Figile and Kailicha, good morning. Yes, Figile.
6: Hello? You know what? the lady doesn't admit that actually uh, children are getting babies. for The grant is a myth. It's just enough. Go to Mr. Kailicha, we will see on the second of the month, and or the first first month, or sorry, first a uh, date of the month. Usually, see see uh, young females, even middle aged uh, females, they're using the grant. I know some some videos I've actually taken just to prove the fact that no, these guys are actually abusing the money or the social grant. It's true, Sakina, and it's very sad. Most people don't care much about their children, only care of their children only when it's, about, it's a month and know that no, they'll be getting the money for a grant to drink. It's, it's very bad. The situation is very bad. Some even use. This month to buy wigs and stuff like that. It's very bad, Sakina. We just need help. You see, children need the money. Yes, indeed, children need money, but it's abused by some of the mothers. Thank you, Sakina.
1: Thank you, Vigile and Kailicha. Shoki Shabalala, Social Development Gauteng. Good morning. Good morning, ma'am, and good morning to the listeners. You're welcome. Okay. Let me say,
7: firstly, I firmly believe in the whole idea of bringing in a developmental perspective to the social security system. For instance, in Gauteng, we have introduced a program called Welfare to Work, which seeks to exit child support grant recipients out of the system. We've placed almost 4,000 young women who have been exposed to skills training, mainly like beautician. Some of them are now forming co-ops to set up uh, hair salons, but for me to exit 4,000 young women, I think it's a step in the right direction. And as we speak, we include them in the triple 500,000 program for young people training in entre- entrepreneurship. So at least we're getting somewhere. And I do believe that there is room for improvement, and we support the idea of a, a developmental approach to this whole issue of a social
1: security system as well. Ms. Shokish Abelala, thanks so much for sharing that with us. And I think um, Gauteng moving in the direction that uh, most of our listeners are actually asking for this morning. Uh, let's read some of the Facebook messages. Brian Similane says, what is needed, Sakina, is new sectors that will absorb this huge number uh, to earn a decent salary, not grants. We need to apply our human ingenuity and creativity to come up with such ideas. It's possible to bring down unemployment, poverty and inequality in South Africa and Africa. The status quo must change, however it doesn't serve the masses. Paul Van Rooy says a recent survey found that social grants go straight back into the economy. Therefore, it would make economic sense to spend more um, even more on social grants and scrap overseas spending like Zuma's Jets, the Arms Deal, American Chickens, etc. Danki Somotobi says uh, we need to have an exit strategy that will help people who are uh, on social, uh, dependent on social grants. Most of the people who are on the system are not well educated and have no skills to improve their lives. The government needs to introduce vocational training to help them uh, to be more sustainable on their own and encourage them to start their own businesses. That's exactly what Gauteng is doing. Uh, and Neliswa Simuku says, where are the capitalist um, country riddled with... Cor- we? Oh, we are rather. We are a capital country riddled with corruption. Majority of indigenous people are landless uh, with mineral resources exported to imperialist countries coming back as finished products. Grants are supposed to be a short-term intervention, but in South Africa, they are a form of income. Government must forget about economic empowerment without addressing the issue of land. And Sfiso Khadebe says, the solution is simple. The government must pursue private sector to open doors to black ownership. Um, if every street and community can contribute 200 rand per family to put in, in, into investment, it means that that these families in five years will not be in the poverty stream. Mzolisi says, uh, we have graduates that are unemployed and underemployed involvement um, of their former institutions um, in a platform such as community-based organization to diagnose their community and identify solutions uh, to what a particular community, social ills, etc., and then involve respective stakeholders across the respective spheres of government, the private sector and other third sector institutions in order to try and solve the problems there. And and Quena's contribution is that, Sakina, uh, what needs to be done is to go back to the good old days. EPW workers, environmental work, road maintenance, etc., should be made permanent and have a monthly salary and pension funds. Um, these so-called small jobs that we need to go on tender for uh, give them a permanent work. And therefore, uh, people will work and sustain themselves like before. Social grants is for old people, as we know, uh, but this has created more problems than it has created. Created solutions. Well, many, many, many more messages coming on the other platforms. Somani um, uh, asks, does government have any idea what and where uh, both parents of the children getting these grants are, perhaps? Do you keep track of that? And um, a few others as well, Um Bani Zalutuli says, I um, know oh, that's on something totally unrelated. Uh, but uh, basically, yeah, I think we've covered them in most of what uh, the Facebook messages have said. So let me start with you, Brenton.
2: Thanks, Akina. Um, that, that was a lot of input. <laughs> I, I fully agree with my colleagues that called in from, from social development, both in the Eastern Cape and Houting. Um, and as a department, we, we, we do also get involved in supporting cooperatives and, and other developmental activities. Um, however, that's still a long way to go. So as Shoki mentioned, has managed to help 4,000 uh, women. Um, she probably has about a million still to go in her own province. Um, but that is an important intervention because we want people, obviously, to have more than just a social grant. Social grant is not enough to live on. Um, just to so there's a lot of anecdotes, and, and I fully understand the listen your listeners seeing various social ills. But what we must be careful is that we don't uh, subscribe. Subscri- what's the right word? That we don't put these social ills blank as a blanket across on everyone, right? i I don't know if you have children, but would you accept that if someone was saying you're doing that because someone else was doing that? And we need to be careful that we don't label women, all women. As being problematic, uh, our colleague in the Eastern Cape pointed out instances where they've picked up social ills, and the welfare department then goes in, tries to assist those people. Um, in that case, but in the main, parents do look after their children. They have the best interests of their children at heart, just like you would have the best interests of your child at heart. Don't assume because someone's poor. Mm. They're not going to have the best interest of their child at heart. They probably have it even more at heart because well, okay, I'm going off track. But everyone wants the best for their children. It's not governments now need to come in and monitor and police and force people to behave in a certain way because rich people feel they're giving their money to poor people. So we must now enforce poor people's behavior. People will do the best thing for their children naturally, and we're there to come alongside them and support them. And when we do pick up the problems, also we have the welfare services that comes in and supports and, and, and tries to bring some kind of corrective action. On the whole pregnancy thing, if one just looks at our ratio of caregiver to child to caregiver, it's 1.8, which is way below the population norm of 2.3. So there's no, on an overall view, there's no, any, there's no evidence that people are having children to get grants. Okay. Um, uh, let me go okay. to
1: Tandiwe because we're running out of time. Tandiwe, Zulu? Uh,
3: my concern is, is the impression uh, that comes as, uh, 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 as in coming to saying grants are given willy-nilly. I just need to correct that to say, except for foster care grant, all the grants are means-tested, which is one way of of, of like trying to put some system that says it's not everybody and anybody that can access. However, grants do serve as a springboard, and we've seen that in, in, in the beneficiaries that we've interacted with. And I fully agree. If if grants are to serve as a springboard, then we need to be augmenting that with the social programs, like social economic programs, like the Eastern Cape, like the Houding, but I also feel that we need to also have other departments coming on, on board. Like, for instance, the Department of Labor in terms of skills training and, and, and retraining, and also with regards to your, your trade and industry, so that we create a decent work, decent work environment. And we also have an element of entrepreneurship that would actually give livelihood to those that are beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, the, also the issue of... of, of of abuse of these grants, this keeps on coming up and i think i fully agree with brenton in saying people have interest of of their children at heart and in those instances where abuse is being picked up as a a citizen of this country you can report to that kind of of, of behavior and the the steps are are taken in terms of of re-correcting or correcting that situation so and uh, again these grants and it has been fully proven that they go back to the economy and they improve our economy. Okay, so
1: I'm going to have to cut you off there because we're out of time and I just need Grethel to give her a parting shot. Okay, just putting shots uh, quickly the relationship uh, the collaboration
4: between the private sector and government is very important in as far as growing this economy and i think it's very important that uh, there must be tangible deliverables in terms of how the economy is going to grow because it's not very clear at the moment and also how jobs are going to be created very tangible and then the second point that i also like to mention is Egypt is now the second largest continent on the and co- uh, uh, the second largest economy. economy on the continent. And you know how they did that? They focus on the informal economy. So it's very important that we begin to focus on the uh, developing the economies of the townships and that of the rural uh, areas to make sure that over a period of time once they've developed then they can then uh, be integrated in, into the into the mainstream uh, uh, first world uh, economy that we have.
1: So there you have it and uh, hopefully uh, you know this has moved you to coming up with further solutions to some of these problems that we face as a country.